Hello and welcome to the Amateur Skeptics Podcast. I'm your host, Brian. Joining me this evening, Mac. Good evening, everybody. And Terry. Girl, are you a degree from the University of Phoenix? Because I'm pursuing you online from my couch. <laughs> oh, and uh, Ian is here. Hey, and the chocolate man himself, dumbass. Hey, just so you all know, whenever there's a party in my ass, you're all invited. <laughs> oh, thank you very much, dumbass. Oh, I have chocolates. I have chocolates. Oh. Uh. <laughs> uh. No, thank you. <laughs> Good segue. Uh. Yes. Hey, instead of... Oh, before we start with the sexy stuff, yeah. I just wanted to give a shout out to um, a local band here in the Denver area called Pale Blue. Brian, you might have heard them at the Secular Hub. I'm thinking that you and I went to a spaghetti dinner there two, three years ago, and they played. Anyway, you they're pretty. Oh, go ahead. I don't think I was there. I think I. I, I... Yeah, I don't, I think I remember it though. I remember the the event. Anyway, they're pretty good, and they're playing Tuesday, February twenty third at seven p.m. at the Bistro Alvino in Aurora. I'm gonna try to make it. So okay. if any of our listeners go, come say hi. What what's the day again? Oh shoot, I just closed it. February twenty third, seven p.m. Okay. Bistro Alvino, and right. it's in our show notes too. All right. Well, I think it's time for the masturbation moment. <laughs> The Amateur Skeptics present Ian's Masturbation Moment, brought to you by the Dumbass Media Empire. The Dumbass Media Empire, bringing you content that touches people while they touch themselves. Yeah! I'm embracing this. We're, we're like going, like, branching out here and touching on subjects only tangentially <laughs> related to masturbation. But I'm going for it. We, we should still call it the masturbation moment. Stick to our okay. guns. Okay. All right. We'll stick to our guns. I can masturbate to this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can masturbate while enjoying some nice chocolates. <laughs> <laughs> so what we've got here is you can actually give your Valentine a chocolate mold of your butthole. And this is from, what is this? EliteDaily.com? Yeah. Yeah. These, these are spectacular. <laughs> yeah. And all it takes is a little bit of hands-on manipulation by a tall gnome alchemist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He is so fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So, so we have these lovely chocolates here, and they come in dark. They come. In white. They come. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I didn't see anywhere where there was a filled anus. Ah, uh, true. Oh. Thank God. Thank God for that. A little bit of white chocolate in the... We, with, the with the a little bit of, you know, chocolate filling. Yeah. yeah. So you, can, you, you, can, you can add a little bit of white icing yourself. I mean... There is not... There is... That is not the kind of thing you'd want to make into a truffle. <laughs> Santorum is not the kind of thing you'd want to put in your mouth anyway. Oh, hey, can yeah. you imagine the Santorum anus truffle? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> so what? So these are I I can get I can get these for thirty eight ninety five. Yeah, forty bucks for three chocolates. <laughs> 
so, but here's the thing is that, does that include the molding session? <laughs> ah, I guess I, I'd imagine so. <laughs> Are you so? Are you paying for the experience of the molding too? Well, I, I'm wondering how much the molding costs because so you can either get your own butthole molded, molded, or you can, or you can get some a mold of somebody else's anus. It comes oh, in packs too, not just chocolate. I, I might want to add. It looks like it's thirty eight ninety five for fifteen chocolates. Oh, okay. So those Which five makes boxes it a, a slightly more economical solution. Okay, so the, all those five boxes come with the thing. I see. Shit, I didn't watch the video. You did not watch the video? I did not. Is that an amazing? You have done us a disservice. And once I'm again, so sorry. I, I, once again I, I come to the rescue, and it looks like uh, you can get your own molded for $1,900. Is that what it is? So it's $1,900 yep. get, to get it molded. Okay. Oh, it says that. Oh, I apologize. That is, that is the bronze mold. Yes. Right. The yeah. bronze. Yeah, so you can get a bronze mold of your asshole. And that's just a thing to. Oh, honey, I got you jewelry. <laughs> would you, would you would you make it a ring? <laughs> well, my concern is if you if you give her this this bronze mold, she's going to ask who came in first and second. <laughs> that's yeah. Awesome. So this video is awesome. Oh my God! Watching this woman get watching the molding session, and this is where dumbass got the whole gnome. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this guy—he is so funny. I'm—I—I sh- I, I can imagine though that he makes the experience um, much more pleasant than. Well, than you have to have a sense of humor if that's exactly. Your job. <laughs> I, oh my God! It is this video is just too good. So uh, shame on Terry. Sorry, so yeah. sorry. I'll, I'll own it. I mean, this is an asshole video, and you didn't watch it. I, don't I didn't. Get it. Sorry, I was totally so unprepared this week. <laughs> Anything else, dumbass? Wow, this was fantastic. <laughs> this was my only contribution today. Yeah, it was definitely worth it. That was awesome. But what if your asshole? And Valentine's Day is coming up. So. <laughs> and it is right. It is. So, yeah. what would if, if your asshole could sing? What would it sound like? So, I posted a link to this amazing music video by a really good studio band. The title of the article on the Adequate Man um, site at Deadspin is "Not even a fancy studio band can make your sex sound appealing." Oh, I just puked. I can't move. Can you just suck my dick good? You're lost. I pack heat and hang down. So uh, it is, it's a gorgeously written musical piece, but the lyrics are appalling and vulgar and <laughs> so bad. There's oh, one, there's this, and these are, uh, it claims to derive its lyrics from word for word consensual texts sent to a young woman by frat guys. And it is, it's full of grammatical errors and dumb shit. Um, yeah. It's your loss. And, I pack heat, heat and, and, and hang dong. <laughs> <laughs> and, and in it, the sad revelation of, of, of why a young man failed out of school. <laughs> yes. Yes. Cause he had to, he had to fuck so many women in the ass. He didn't have time to do his homework. Uh, no, 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 no. He pounded. Oh, pounded. I'm sorry. Pounded. 
he flew if he flew the coop what is it if he flew the coop every time a girl asked him to come over and pound her in the ass he'd fail out of instead of doing his homework he would fail out of school if i flew the coop every time a chick begged me to walk over and pound her in the ass instead of do my homework i'd fail out of school <laughs> 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 it's just so I want I, you 50 minutes. You get filled up. Ninth slut. It's so hilarious because the juxtaposition between this gorgeous musical piece and this woman's voice is amazing. And oh. the words coming out of her mouth are so, it's so funny. Well, and she's got, she takes it completely straight. She, uh, I yeah. think when she said that rimming part, the part about rimming, and then... And rim me. Oh, I just puked. Oh, I puked. I think she, like, you, it sort of looks like she, I don't know if she pauses for a moment or something, but I'm like, oh, she's going to start laughing right here. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Do we know who this studio band is? Because... No. I, I was about to say... For some reason, they don't want their eye seen. Uh, they, they, <laughs> they they don't want to be known for this yeah. glorious anthem here. I, I don't get it. This is, I mean, here's the thing is that what they did is pretty fantastic. And, and it's so well done. It's gorgeous. It's I absolutely want to know who these people are. I mean, I they, must have, they must have some good music somewhere, right? Right. Oh. I'm sure they have a lot of good music. Uh, one guy calls himself a cox. There's in the um, through the comments, somebody's using the word cocksmith, which is apparently I missed that in the. <laughs> so wait, wait. So he makes them. That's what somebody said. What does that even mean? That's <laughs> not <So> very appealing. <laughs> Don't know. Oh, here we go. A goldsmith doesn't make gold. He works with gold. Same with a silversmith. Same with a blacksmith. So a yeah, cocksmith doesn't make cock. But they, they shape it into things. Like uh, the chocolate the chocolate smith guy that we just talked about. The edible <laughs> anus guy. <laughs> I, I think I prefer the term coxman. <laughs> As in master swordsman, master coxman, master pintsman. <laughs> One guy apparently texted that party in your ass tomorrow line to his wife and she wasn't impressed for some reason. <laughs> Jesus. What the fucking game fucking thumbs down. Oh my god. <laughs> There's a party in your ass tomorrow night and my cock's the only one invited. <laughs> That is so good. <laughs> uh, that thing I read at the top of the show wasn't from here. It was from my friend Craig on Facebook. That was his contribution to the sexting. Oh, yeah, that was good too. But you know what? Here's the thing is bottom line is this is disgusting. And the fact that, that some guys think it's okay to tweet the this to a girl in the first place is pretty ridiculous. And that they think it might be effective. Here's the thing is that I might tweet these to somebody no, ironically, sure. but I doubt that these tweets were ironic. No, they, I'm certain they weren't. And and the thing of it is, these are from college frat boys and delivered onto, I guess, one particular, one particular girl who I'm sure was not nearly as dumb as they were. You know <laughs> what? 
also kind of bothers me about this is, I mean, it doesn't bother me, but it's really interesting to think about how it's not an invitation to take pleasure with them. It is, I am going to take pleasure on you. I'm going to, you're going to suck my cock. You're going to, I'm going to punch your ass. None of it is about, hey, can I make you feel awesome? Can I make you come? What can I do for you? None of it is that, which would probably be a lot more effective. Please come suck my cock because I can't move. Right. I'm just puked and I'm lying on the floor drunk. And if I can't move, can you suck it good? Wait, there were some tweets about coming on faces. So I, I think that, you know, uh, it all got covered. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's all been done in there. I did also want to mention when I say uh, um, ironic, I mean it um, with the Alanis Morissette definition. <laughs> so it would be something like rain on your wedding day. Something like that. Or a yeah. free ride when you've already paid. Exactly, exactly. Right. Or, you know, some good advice you just can't take. Exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that that kind of ironic, yeah. I was just 10, trying to... spoons, but no knife, damn it. <laughs> I was just trying to bust out Alanis Morissette with the uh, relevant lyrics, and I can't do it. She would go down <laughs> on you in a theater, I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping songs now. You know, yeah, but, I know, I jumped songs the... on you, I'm sorry. I mean, these are frat boys, too, I guess. So, I mean, they're not the most um, sophisticated, I guess, shall we say. I mean, and I guess that's all to be expected. And young girls, too, might not be the most uh, discerning when it comes to uh, who they hang out with and how well-worded male companions' entreaties might be. There's a certain amount of bravado you learn over time. It doesn't work out so well for you. Yeah. I was just trying to think what the female equivalent of that would be. I'm going to I'm going to come over and sit on your face. I mean like what? <laughs> no, but actually know that 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 works. Come on over. And it wouldn't be off-putting in the way that I find this I'm going to, you know, uh even if I'm passed out in a pile of puke on the floor, come suck my cock is not at all appealing to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm no? so really? I'm so drunk I've got to have sex. Oh, I'm so hungover. I've no, got to have sex. Yeah, this, uh, this is a hungover condition. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Wow. But yeah, I looked. At, I, I actually looked at uh, the uh, this video on YouTube, and I clicked around to some of the related things, and I uh, came upon this uh, video of seven body language clues that she likes you. I got it. Like the apparently this is from a scientific study, and this is just tangentially. We're not going to go deep into it or anything, but I found it I- intriguing that like three of the signs. Uh, were different. There, there were three different types of glances: a uh, a glance, la- uh, making eye contact for a few seconds, making a short duration eye contact, and also just glancing around the, like turning around the room, looking around the room. Uh, that that's apparently a sign that the girl um, is open to being approached. So I'm thinking to myself, okay, the the message here, girls, is if you're not interested in flirtation flirtation advances, don't look anywhere. Close your eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't make even the briefest eye contact with any guy. He'll take that as uh, a, a clue that you like him. I was just yeah. thinking that I work on maintaining eye contact when I'm listening to people speak to show them that I'm listening. Right? No, the, this, this is absolutely – I think where, where Dumbass is going here is that head coverings and moo-moos are, are – there. there is a reason for them. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Basically, so, I want to bring the burqa in. We, right, we exactly. I'm just going to say that it's important to blame the victim in these cases. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, the good news on this is that at least with these frat boys getting college educated, at least we'll have people to go to Virginia and do uh, the necessary requisite dick checks. <laughs> no doubt. Virginia GOP bill would require schools to verify children's genitals before using restroom. This is from the Raw story. Now, admittedly, yep. the title is a bit clickbaity, but still, it does um, cover the general attitude of it. Well, hold on. You show me a title on on uh, Raw story that isn't linkbaity. Yeah, <laughs> but I just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> it's, okay, it's- so. Uh, Virginia lawmakers are trying to get um, House Bill 663 passed, which will basically say that in regards to public school restrooms, you will have to go to the one determined by the person's anatomy. Basically, and apparently they, they would put a fine uh, under law enforcement. Like, who, who's going to fine a school kid? Yeah. Uh, evidently, Virginia lawmakers. <laughs> I, I, I'm My question is, if they're looking at sending them to the restroom defined by their anatomy, are they going to change the markings on the doors? Because uh, you know the the girls' room could possibly be could could possibly be construed as a Scotsman. I would just like to make sure that this is being done by somebody who would not be interested in the little kids. So I think that think that Catholic priests would be a great uh, <laughs> <laughs> would be the people to do this. It's just sad like, that they think something like going to the restroom has to have sexual connotations to it, especially at a, a school level. It's like, no, Ian, the kids are, you know. Ian, we were just talking about chocolate buttholes. <laughs> <True>. <laughs> yes, we were. <laughs> yeah. I have a question. How many people have actually gone to the restroom and looked at the private parts of the person in the stall next to them? I have never seen another woman's genitals, I can say. I, I haven't even seen a penis in the bathroom. Someone Who's has whist- seen something. Whoever's <laughs> whistling has seen. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, what because, are you talking about? Uh, yeah, somebody's, uh, what? Uh, I wasn't looking at your genitals. <laughs> but no, but most of the time, nothing like that going on. There'd have to be a good reason for it. It, it drives me crazy that. They actually still make a big deal over that. I, this, yeah, but this goes back to this whole idea that sexual predators are hanging out in the bathroom waiting waiting for you. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So two things. The GOP is allegedly the party of less government. Is that? Is <laughs> that on paper. On, on paper, yes. On paper, they are. Okay, this is very confusing. And then um, what are we teaching our kids? Like, just hypothetically, this will never pass because it's batshit crazy. But. Yeah. Um, hypothetically, let's say that law was passed. So then you have to teach your kids. Well, if you're me, your kid would be out of school and being homeschooled at that point. But you teach your kids that they have to show a strange grown up their genitals to prove what sex they are. Yeah, or whatever. Yeah, Take your pants that is off. Definitely, or... That is definitely teaching the wrong message. Yeah. Yeah. This might go into the bad touch category. It's yep. absolutely just the thought of it. Like this guy. This guy is the guy who wants to be the checker or something. Like, who would think this? <laughs> who would even, how would this thought enter this man's head? To do I do, I do. Well, what, what's, what's worse is, what's worse is applying it to homeschooling. 
and and do they have to be checked every time? Is there like somebody at waiting to the watching as they're coming into the bathroom and checking their genitals? <sighs> Jesus Christ. Uh, no, that, that's uh, the thing. Makes no uh, sense. And it's pr- I guess you, you could probably just get a doctor's note and, and just like a tattoo, like male or female on your forehead. Uh, you know what? Signed we, by the doctor. Well, um, <laughs> I, I think it is. Uh, isn't it House Bill 666 that actually assigns the numbers? <laughs> you know what we might want to take uh, to take a cue from the Ferengi here and just not allow women to wear clothing period uh, yeah. so as the I'm mom, all for it as the mom of a seven-year-old tomboy who often gets mistaken for a boy because she has really short hair and carries herself confidently and likes to run and play and be rowdy and stuff nobody bats an eye when she goes into a women's restroom in public I mean, well, it's cool they all know her, but we're if we're checker, I, I mean, I can't, I can't just take your word for it. We're gonna yeah. have to see some genitals here. You know how hard <laughs> I would take some fucking GOP motherfucker down if he tried to check her genitals. <laughs> I, I don't know how hard I would have to see it. Uh, I would have to have it verified. Uh, I would have to have it peer reviewed. So, and I would have to see it reproduced multiple times, just just for the scientific sake. I'd have to see it tested about 10 times. <laughs> Terry, Terry, will they let you podcast from prison, I wonder? Yeah, see, that's the thing. I would go to prison for what would ensue. <laughs> I just can't even imagine a scenario where parents would be okay with this. No. I'm sure that's not what they uh, – they're, they're probably not – isn't language in the bill, though, saying that uh, – No, but the logic is how else be, can you enforce it? Yeah. Exactly. You know, that, it's – it's it's all in how you sell it. I, I don't I don't think they thought it through well enough. Is what I'm saying. No, yeah. it's another one of these things trying to pretend that sexual deviants are everywhere you turn, and going to the bathroom has to be a segregated thing. You know who rapes uh, women in bathrooms? Straight men. That's who rapes <laughs> women in bathrooms. Cisgendered straight men. True. Yeah, but you know, in in defense of the Virginia legislature. It's entirely possible that because they are in the Virginia legislature, they are seeing sexual deviants everywhere they turn. (laughs) (laughs) I would just also like to note that uh, Terry called all cisgendered white males rapists. No, I did not. (laughs) I said, do you know who? (laughs) Oh. (laughs) We know she meant all. We know she meant all. We (laughs) we all do it. It's not trans women. Uh, who are doing this yeah. but anyway um this this does bring up an interesting question like i was saying um because like they, they do talk about shower rooms and stuff and there's this whole idea oh boys are just gonna pretend to um be conflicted about their gender in order to get into the girl's shower room and look and look them up and down i mean there is a question there about doesn't feel comfortable using somebody with a penis feels like he's a girl and doesn't feel comfortable using uh, the boys' shower room. What's the accommodation for that? Because I feel like the person in question would probably be a little uncomfortable with the girl staring at his genitals, and they, the girls, would probably be uncomfortable with him being in there as well. Sure. How, how do you resolve that? There's got to like, be a way that's not checking yeah. kids' genitals, though. You know what I mean? It's a fair point. Yeah. There's got to be a way to make an accommodation, or that kid showers. You just wash them ten minutes after, or there's a there's a handicap stall with a door, or there's you know what I mean. Not that they're handicapped, but maybe there's something that offers a little more privacy. Maybe so, but I've got to imagine too that that might feel a little bit uh, 
uh, wrong to a person like that, that they have to go to a separate room for that kind of thing as well. Sure. But I'm with you. What do you, what do you do? Yeah. What's the accommodation? Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, that, that is some, that, that is the kind of discussion to be having about this kind of thing. Not just, Oh, there'll be boys pretending to be pretending like their gender uh, is a girl just to get into the girl's shower room. Cause that's easier than looking on the internet for naked girls. But that's the thing is that one of the, well, I, I would, I would never go (laughs) around looking for naked women, trying peeking in stalls and stuff like that. The, The internet can satisfy all those needs. Yes. Yeah. And, and they can satisfy them from all those different. Like, if you want to, if you want to feel like the peeping tom, you find the video where where the, where somebody where somebody has done a peeping scene. I mean, so I mean, they can this can all be satisfied. But one of the things here, we I, I I always go back to this idea that we are so hung up on sex, it's ridiculous. My wife has been watching or reading this comic, and in the comic, every um every country is depicted you know by by a character and the u.s character is a virgin <laughs> that's awesome is that uh, <laughs> uh i might be i think that's the that those are the ones she is fantastic those comics are awesome i watched and a few of them so uh, they, they might do be have videos i think i think oh, some really? of them have been turned into videos oh. if, if it's the same one i'm thinking of i watched a few of them okay but I, I didn't i guess they're probably a comic too right but so the it's interesting that the perception of america is a virgin and anytime sex comes up, you know, America, you know, freaks out. Yeah, we do. What did you say Sweden was? Well, uh, I think Sweden is a, is a little bit more. Oh, no, Denmark is uh, extremely sexual. And <laughs> I, I, I do wonder if some of this stuff would not be such a big deal if we weren't over-sexualizing, right? If, it, if we weren't, you know, seeing another person naked shouldn't really be that big a deal. Right. I don't right. get an erection every time I see a naked woman or man. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And I don't care about, I think we talked about this before once. I don't care about using the bathroom when there's closed stalls. Who gives a shit? You can. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. I mean, the, it doesn't matter I think who's the, in there. The bathrooms should be co-sex. Yeah. If there's stalls for everybody, you just use a stall, and the only time you're co-mingling is while you're washing hands. Yeah. Not a big deal. No, no, that's too sexual, man. Washing hands together? <sighs> you I'm know sure what? No, no, oh, too arousing. If you don't wash your hands, I'm sure as hell not interested. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to see those soft, soapy, shiny hands. <laughs> no, Tronda has already gotten the hotel for AnomalyCon this year to approve the use of one set of bathrooms as being um, unisex. Really? Oh, That's excellent. Yes. Okay. That so, so Karanda's already on it. She's oh, taking yeah. care of this for me. I can sit back and let it well, happen. Well, at least for her event. At AnomalyCon, oh. there will be one set of bathrooms designated unisex. I think that's, that's awesome. fantastic. Good. All right, Terry. Speaking of other crazy motherfuckers. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was such a good segue. <laughs> Speaking are... of assholes and cocks. <laughs> <laughs> Those dudes are still at the Oregon Museum uh, acting like jerks. And the last podcast, we talked about the Oregon Patriot Party or whatever they are, those guys who came and... Um, the uh, Ted Bundy militia. Right. They took over the uh, the Oregon Wildlife Refuge, and we're now at day 24. So I just wanted to give a brief update. Two things. Uh, the standoff continues. Um, OregonLive.com has really great daily updates if you're obs- obsessed with this like I am. Um, so, you know, the their demands are unclear and illogical and illegal because they don't understand the constitution. They're cherry picking. 
what they want. And then um, the other thing, so like none of it makes any sense, as we talked about before, none of it makes any sense. Um, the other thing that's interesting, though, is uh, and just completely appalling. So this museum, uh, the visitor center on this wildlife refuge has a little museum archival department that has a lot of um, artifacts from the Paiute tribe that originally owned the land. So when these guys talk about returning the land to its original owners, they don't mean the original owners, though, actually. They don't mean the Paiute tribe. But no, anyway. But they want to get those artifacts back to them, though. You know. You know what they want to do? They want to fucking sell them on the black market to fund their goddamn militia. Well, wait. Where did, did you get that out of the article? I saw video from the Oregon Live website where the Paiutes are concerned that that's what's happening because there's video of these guys. There's a Guardian article that I posted too. These guys are r- rifling through and destroying artifacts and bulldozing, you know, taking the bulldozers out and trying to dig stuff up and whatnot. So they're destroying, they're destroying shit. They are destroying the context and the information in situ of these sites and the artifacts that are in the, in the visitor center the Paiutes are concerned that they're being sold on the black market because well, these guys, they're, con- they're concerned, but is there any evidence that that's what they're doing? I don't think they have evidence yet, okay. but right. I think it's a legit concern. Okay. I, I, I agree that it might be a legit concern, but I, you know, we can't say that that's what they're doing without, you know, actually something right. to substantiate. There's some sub- suspicion that they are. We don't have proof yet. Okay. I uh, would, that's fine. Yeah. But it's, there is evidence that they are rifling through stuff, destroying stuff, you know, uh, going through uh, private personal records of tribal histories and things too, which is like government records. It'd be like someone rifling through your your uh, HIPAA stuff in a doctor's office or, you know, just right. fucking and assholes. I found it interesting that, that the way that the militia was trying to play this off was that they were trying to make sure that these artifacts were being taken care of properly and that they weren't. And so they wanted to get them back to these, to, to the uh, Native Americans. And not, the Native Americans are going, or who, what? No, I was saying not the land that belonged originally. No, not the land, the artifacts. Yeah, exactly. Well, no, not. they, uh, the original owners of the land had no concept of ownership of property. Right. So you can't give it back to them. Right. So anyway, so the, and the uh, Native American tribe is going, well, wait a second. No, we have a good relationship with them. And we're not talking to you. They won't talk to them, which I think is good. which I think is very good. And the well, they artist- don't really want to legitimize them. No. Well, which is good too. But here's the here's the other thing is the I it, it does not sound to me based on the article that what they're really doing is respecting the artifacts. It sounds no. like that is not what's happening at all. When uh, so I'm I have a little bit of knowledge about how you handle artifacts. Um, and when they're in storage like that, cause I cataloged a bunch of stuff for the Smithsonian, um, artifact archives when I was in college and, um, for a database and, uh, you don't touch shit with your bare hands. You, uh, you know, you, you keep it with its, with its historical paperwork. And then it's stored in like archival papers, in archival wrapping, in like, um, humid controlled environments. So it doesn't degrade. And it's just like, I don't know how tech, how high tech they were at this wildlife refuge, but I'm sure that they were in, you know, archival papers. I'm sure they were with the relevant information. Like if they're disarticulating artifact assemblages or if they are separating shit from the original records of where that was found and the context and the dates and all that kind of stuff. They well, are one, thing I, one thing I highly doubt is that these guys are in any way trained in. Oh, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> they have no. Yeah, they. Yeah. They are just, the more they do, the less I like them. And they are so stupid. They're just so unintelligent. 
Well, they didn't have a clear they didn't go in with a clear agenda. And that's been that that's been it's evident. They just this was a uh, this was done off the cuff and without any sort of planning. And I mean, it does come out of some some real frustrations that like I've I've read a little bit bit about it and the cattle industry. Well, there's a lot of stuff wrong going on there. It, it seems like they're like putting out their frustrations in the wrong place. But I mean, like I guess they're being brought to the edge by by a situation going on here. It's just they they haven't put in a lot of thought into what they're doing. Well, that's it's, that's my point. Yeah, it's difficult to be sympathetic though, dumbass. And I agree that there have been historical skirmishes back and forth between ranchers and land management. And I I get that. It's really hard to be sympathetic to their to their viewpoint and to the fact that Clive and Bundy NPR did a big story about Bundy's dad Cliven, who still owes the government a million dollars in liens for grazing his cattle on public property. Um, and NPR could find no evidence that he was being pursued on that or that there had been any sort of recourse, you know, beyond what the feds backing off last year because they didn't want to Waco. Yeah, that, that that sucks because that means that they can get away with it. They've, they've been given – it's implicit now that that's fine for them to do this. If they have legitimate concerns or legitimately want to renegotiate with with the feds, they need to go about it by getting elected to office and being reasonable and having clear demands. Because those of us who are landowners, all of the rest of us who own the public lands, are not very sympathetic to these guys complaining about having to pay minimal grazing fees on our land. I think they feel like uh, Cliven's brother, Ted, got ra- got railroaded. For what? Serial murdering a bunch of women. Yeah. Oh. Uh, oh, there's actually any relation. Sorry, I get no. all emotional about this. Yeah, catch yeah. The joke. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I get I all would... pissed off at these guys, and I can't. <laughs> you know, can't it very well. These guys really are. If if they weren't such a bunch of yahoos would garner considerably less public sympathy, and you know they think that they are. They think that they're American heroes, and they're really surprised to find out how the people in the area feel about them. Yeah, they went As, to there was a public meeting, and uh, like everybody, they have a couple of locals have joined their ranks, but the overwhelming majority just want them out of there. They've completely disrupted this community. Most of the ranchers get along with the BLM and think they're doing an all right job, you know, like these guys are, and they're costing so much money. This is costing yeah. so much money. They're, they're a bunch of, they're a bunch of yahoos. One of them got arrested because they stole a federal truck from the visitor center and drove it off the property into town. So they got arrested for auto theft, which I think is just hilarious. They had to drive to a Safeway for snacks because as we talked about, they forgot to bring snacks. Yep. It's hard to see yourself as being wrong. We see a lot of that going on right here, right? These people think that they, what they're doing, that they're in the right. Yeah, they've created this, they've created this narrative for themselves that makes them American heroes resisting tyranny. Exactly, and they believe it. Whether it's and, true or not, they believe it. And they don't think federal authorities have the authority to be in charge of that situation either. They think that the sheriff is in charge. And so they won't even deal with the feds because they don't think they have the authority to negotiate with them. Right. You know exactly. what the feds you know what the feds do have though? They have trained expert snipers. Yeah. You know what's interesting too, this is slightly tangential. So uh we are not covering this, but there's a situation right now in Flint, Michigan. The water is poison and people can't drink it. There's lead that's leached into the water supply. It's long in depth 
story. It's a state of emergency because these people do not have drinking water. I can't remember if it's the governor of Michigan or President Obama. Somebody wants the EPA to take over and help get the water back to drinkable. I think and it was Obama on that. Probably. And so now there are militias and people in uh, Michigan saying, you don't have authority here. This is a state issue. And we don't want the EPA. And they can't. You just need to turn control over to the states. Well, the states are the ones who fucked it up in the first place. Yeah. Like, That's right. On that particular subject, Planned Parenthood, Planned Parenthood is offering water filters. If you go out and pick one up from Planned Parenthood, they're offering water filters. So you know what we've got now is we've got water filters that cause baby abortions. <laughs> That's it. That's all there is to it. Thanks, Obama. Yep. Drinking clean drinking water is like a basic human right. That's a it's a third world problem. Yep. And it should not be happening in it should be happening anywhere, but it's that it's happening here is well, a total embarrassment and uh, part of Michigan's already gone third world a while back. True. Detroit's a mess. Detroit is third world, and now Flint is third world. I don't understand, though. I don't understand why, if there is an agency that can come help you get drinking water to your people, I don't understand why that's a problem, right? Like, put the politics aside for a week, and let's get people drinking water, and then yeah, you can sort it out. Who's saying oh, this? But, it's not the but, majority. It's, it's, a, it's a vocal minority. It's the vocal minority, true. Yeah. 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 And, and they can't put politics aside. It's an election year, goddammit. And so this, these armed militias are threatening, or, sorry, not threatening, they're uh, offering or planning or something to come in and protect the people of Flint from the people who want to make their water drinkable. <laughs> Bring like, what do they in. think the what do they think they're gonna do? <laughs> I don't know. They're probably gonna add dihydrogen monoxide. <laughs> Shoot the lead. Oh hey, them. that's toxic stuff. Yeah. Shooting their lead into the water or something is not gonna de lead it. Hey, we're done with the masturbation moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a metaphor for all of this, isn't it? <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> Anti-vax mom changes her tune as all seven of her children come down with whooping cough. And this is from the Washington Post. Apparently, she actually changed her tune before this happened, but not soon enough before it. Uh, this this lady who I guess has been a, a pretty vocal anti-vax mom, and she declined to have any of her children vaccinated against pertussis, which is also known as whooping cough. Anyway, the first, I guess the first three or four kids... She did a limited schedule of immunization, and the other, the other children, she did not do any immunization whatsoever. Now, she's basically got all seven kids, and they all have whooping cough. It was a and, measles scare that gave, her, that gave her a scare initially, right? Yeah, there's I've, measles so, yes. nearby, which caused her concern. Let's see, I just spread that part. Yeah. The, the sad thing about this is that this is not some this is not some rich rich Hollywood mogul who can afford to have their kids cared for. This is a lady who's just you know just an ordinary person. Um, I think she is up in Canada. Yep. Yeah. So there is a better uh, there is a better chance for her to get free health. This is not a Jenny McCarthy denialist, right? This is somebody who. What she was 
trying to make a decision based on what she was hearing from two sides, and she couldn't make a decision. I guess both sides seemed to scare her, and what they and what she opted to do because she couldn't make a decision was to hold off and hope for the best, which is not a great decision, right? But I mean, I, you can kind of understand why she why she got into this predicament. Yeah, I, says, I have nothing but sympathy for her. She says we stopped because we were scared and didn't know who to trust. Right. Yeah. You know, a lot of this is anti-government types of stuff too. Oh, is the uh, the government's just a big pharma shill? You can't so, make me vaccinate my kids. That's right. I, so. I really, I, I, I mean, I, I had sympathy for her, but after, but here's the thing: is that it's so unfortunate that it took her all of her kids getting pertussis before she went. Okay, we were wrong. And yeah. the other thing that I found interesting at the end of the article, she says that if somebody had made the right argument to her, that it would have changed her mind. But I don't. I, I think she that, that's hindsight. And she doesn't say what that argument was right. either. I think well, that's the, hindsight. The problem is people are making the right argument. They're making the true argument, and they're being shouted down by people making nonsense arguments. Right. Well, let, let's be right. fair here, too. I mean, uh, there is a lot more influence in the government by Big Pharma and other big businesses than there should be, and they influence them these things to a big degree. But, it's, it, I mean, people take this too far, and they say, oh, well, it's all a huge conspiracy, but... It's more subtle than that. It's uh, you've, you've got these kind of subtleties are hard things to uh, really get out there uh, because they require some explanation about uh, what's going on. And yes, big pharma might have uh, more influence on government than it should, and they uh, try to get things done that um, are bad for people's health. But um, they, they can't go too far in that direction. They can't completely forge information in this way and pay off so many people and scientists to in order to hide really bad consequences from vaccines it, it just doesn't work out that way that that level of conspiracy it's not like that no I it agree. is hard though just to, to separate what their perceived financial incentive of the pharmaceuticals from to sort that out from what would really be in someone's best interest and what would just be them overcharging for a medication or whatever. Just like that, uh, that farmer bro guy who bought the pharmacy company, that investment banker or whatever, who brought the pharmacy company and raised the cost of a toxoplasmosis remedy from $13 a pill to whatever it was, 2,600 a pill or something. Because right. yeah, and, to... <laughs> and is it any wonder that when uh, pharmaceutical people are doing shit like this, yep. that people don't trust what they say about vaccines? Exactly. Yeah, yeah that, that's fair. That's fair. But here's the thing is that what she said was that if somebody had made the right argument to her, but I, I just don't think that there was a right argument. I, I, and, and, and she probably feels like that now. I mean, now all of her kids have gotten whooping cough and she's like, OK, we have well, to get she, she was She was trying to rely on somebody else to make the argument yeah. for her. I, I'd say maybe it was incumbent on her to do the research herself and find out the other side of the story. Look, look extensively at both sides of the story before making a decision although well which is what um, she that, that she can did. be a hard thing to do i mean yeah. that that can be a hard thing to do especially uh in, if you're being bombarded with so much bad information that seems like it's reasonable yeah some of that anti-vax stuff masquerades as peer-reviewed research when it's not no and J jenny mccarthy's stuff is 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 uh it definitely does that you know the her website um l it looks more legitimate than it is yeah so, yeah, so you have to dig in even deeper. And it's unfortunate that as a parent, you don't, I mean, as a parent of a, of a little baby like that, you don't have the time. 
No. You you have to have already made this decision prior to, to having a kid. Um, it's too late once once the kid pops out because he, it's over. You, you you know you already have to have had that decision made, and I don't think that most people do. I mean, I certainly didn't as a parent, right? I I did like I did like this woman did later on and went. You know what? I'm fucking stupid, and I'm lucky that none of my kids got pertussis or hey or got or got an illness, right? We, we I wised up prior to to them um getting infected with something. Oh, I didn't know you hadn't vaccinated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did one of the oh, things yeah. that got me into all of this is is I remember I, having conversations yeah. with him about yeah. it. Yeah, um, I was. You know, I was. We wrong. did have some conversations when he was an anti-vaxxer. Wow, I had no yeah. idea you were an anti-vaxxer. Look at that. It, it was, what argument? It was, what changed your mind? How did you come around? Um, it was a doctor on um, Science Friday. The reason that I the reason that I had these views in the first place is because of listening to my mother. <laughs> So it was a parent that that uh, led me down a path um, that uh, and but I but I wised up. Yeah. I, I started I started listening to, to doctors and, and science professionals, and it was because of uh, of a well reasoned doctor on NPR um, Science Friday that I changed my mind. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So, but like I say, I got lucky that I that that had that I had that experience prior to a problem. And right now at my kid's school, um, their pertussis is quite prevalent. And I'm thinking I need to check my kids' vaccines and make sure that they're up to date. We might all have to go in and get boosters. Sure. And and we'll do it, right? We, we won't. We'll, we'll go talk to the doctor and, you know, and it's like, you know what? Let's all get technic shots just in case. Yep. Because it, it's that whole Tdap. So. So I have a uh, I, I listened to um, I forget which podcast it was when they did an interview with uh, Maria Kornikova. Is that right? Isn't Maria Kornikova a, a gymnast? A gymnast. <laughs> she sounds like a gymnast. Is that Anna Kornikova? Oh, uh, maybe or a tennis player. Anna Kornikova is a tennis pro. Right. Uh, she was she was she was famous for having her picture downloaded far more often for her attractiveness than for her tennis skill. Oh, okay. She picked up the nickname Anna Porn Anna Pornikova. Uh, I think I think I'm right. I think that her the, the lady's name is Anna Kornikova. No, you said though the uh the Maria off- Kornikova. Maria oh, yeah. <laughs> No no I'm in trouble. Okay. Here oh. I just posted it in chat. Maria Kornikova. I think that's correct, isn't it? Yes. Okay. I read it earlier. Okay. So she is a she is a journalist. Uh, I don't know how good she so is. She says so, <laughs> that's right. Mm-hmm-hmm. And there's no pictures of her, so I don't know if uh, if that's relevant. She spent some time with con artists. This is a, a subject that I find terribly interesting: cons and, and swindles and stuff like that. I, as I was listening to her talk about her book and, and talk about spending time with con artists and saying that she finally had to separate herself from the con artists because. She she started to sympathize with them. These people are so good. One of the things they would do is like before the interview, they would go and look up other stuff that she's written. And so that as she as they're talking to her, they, they would mention the article. Oh, hey, I read this article. It was very good. Yeah, they are they're very good at manipulating you and very intuitive. And so I so I started so I got the book. I've started reading the book. It reminded me, of course, of um, Frank Abigail, his autobiography in the movie made about him um, called Catch Me If You Can. Abigail. It's, Abignail, yeah. So yeah. it's incredibly fascinating what she's finding in this book or what she's pointing out in this book. These people, I mean, they don't empathize 
a lot of times with the, with their victims, right? The, and so they're able to do these cons and not really. Well, I, th- I think in Abagnale's case, I don't think that he really thought of himself as doing any harm until. I don't think know, that's later true. On. I, I think he knew what he. I think in his case, he had he had some. Inc- he, in every interview that I've seen with him, he says, "I always knew I would get caught," and and of course he did. Some of the traits that make people susceptible to um, to being conned is our over is overconfidence. We we think that we're smarter than we are. I mean, most people are average, right? Most people Not have me. this. Pers- ex- <laughs> Um, Terry, I have this bridge that uh, I'd like to in, I'd like you to invest in. Uh, oh, you won't be buying the whole bridge; you just be buying a piece of the bridge. <laughs> and so, the way that it works is you invest in in this piece of the bridge, and as it gets used, you know you're going to get a kickback for for the piece that you know for for this investment. Is it the Brooklyn Bridge, Brian? Because that one that one is worth investing in for the antiquity value. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. Actually, the author reads the book, and she is uh, talking about how, like, even at work, when people are asked the, 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 to pick the things they need to work on, a lot of time, most of the time, they aren't things that actually are about their job. They're they're other little things. She and she gives an example, like she's a reporter, but she might put it in there that uh, that she needs to work on her public speaking skills, right? But but not really because she she's actually already very good at this, you know. That's just an example. She's already actually she's she's a she's better than most at public speaking. <laughs> so she she makes those kinds of jokes as she's going through it too, you know. But not me, of course. And the other thing that she points out is that even even after you've been scammed, number one, you 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 don't want to admit it, right? P- people haven't been scammed. It, it just didn't, that that particular investment didn't work out for me. I, I didn't get taken. Where everybody around you is is looking at you and going, "Oh my God, you totally got taken." I can think of two scams that my mother got got taken on, um, and of course, a lot of that's from the outside perspective. My mom's think, also gotten into the multi level marketing before, so there, there, uh, there's I, another good one. A lot of you make money if you get a hundred people underneath you. If you're the top person, yes, you can make money. She's saying that a lot of people because because people don't admit that they got scammed. A lot of these con otters never get prosecuted because because uh, people you know it couldn't happen to them. So people's pride gets in the way of them prosecuting. Absolutely, that's by really way, interesting. Uh, by yeah. the way, you were incorrect earlier when you said there were no pictures of her. Uh, yes, I. I just thank you. One. I just yeah. posted one. She's not bad looking. <laughs> I, I said that because it was irrelevant. <laughs> but you had to go looking anyway. Yes, I did because if you're going to say something, I'm going to test it. I already knew she was good looking because I heard her voice on on the book. <laughs> did you Did you hear her singing drunk frat boy texts? Um, no, but I tell you what, I am extremely good at telling how how attractive somebody is just by their voice. I'm very good at it. <laughs> Boy, did I throw you way off then. <laughs> you know, one thing that uh, that gets me is that the most cliche cliche ones are still out there, and they're still making money, like the the Nigerian prince scam. Yeah, that uh, they're still sending that out, and people are still falling for that, and that has to be like the one that everybody knows about. Your your particular emotional situation makes you more more vulnerable. 
uh, is one of the things that said. And this one I found interesting because this this clearly religion clearly harps on this. So if you've had a death, oh they're they're in a better place now. Religion can become a vulture in those situations. And a lot of people have gone to religion after they've had a death, right? Uh, we have a kind of a, a break room, and a couple of people were um, having lunch and watching TV, and there was this psychic on TV and doing a reading for somebody. It was classic cold reading by the book. The guy was asking leading questions, and she was filling it in. She's like, oh, my God, I need to stop you right there, and fills in all of this stuff. It was like, oh, and I'm like, oh, my God. And I, and, I, and I said something, and I don't know if this is effective or not. I said that is classic cold reading what that guy is doing. I said that is by the book. And, you know, and of course, I, these people probably, um, number one, probably didn't want to hear that. And so well, I they probably was thought, ineffective. They might have thought you were complimenting the guy. Uh, I, I, if he, if he was intending to do cold reading, I certainly was because well, it, yeah, it was, I mean, yeah. When you say cold reading, people may not know what you're talking about. When you say that's classic cold reading, they may think that you're talking about somebody who's really psychic. Maybe. They may not understand um, what you mean by cold reading. Yeah, I mean, I I felt like it was it was one of those situations where you don't want to come on. Oh my God, what a fucking con artist, right? But I thought I thought maybe if I if I just said that is classic cold reading and left it at that, that that might be enough because to me that doesn't sound too abrasive. But it's something that somebody can at least go. Well, what is cold reading? And maybe go take a look at it. They I thought I felt like they might be more likely um, to at least. Um, maybe go look at what cold reading was, it, it, um, as opposed to if I went, oh my god, that just guy's just a fucking con artist. What are the two things that people want more than anything else, Brian, in this kind of a situation? Chocolate assholes. Yeah, that does. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. What are the two things that people, aside from parrot, want <laughs> in this situation? Um, well, they certainly want to be entertained. Okay. I think what they want is they want to believe and they want there to be meaning. I would agree with that, right? I didn't quite know what the best approach was. I mean, it was so classic cold reading. But yeah. I and I did but I didn't want to I didn't want to hound the guy too much. I don't know. It's saying that's just that's classic cold reading. And leaving it that is I mean, it doesn't seem like it's too abrasive, does it? No. No, I don't think so. So I'm I don't know if my approach was good or not, but I'm sure it was better than going Oh my God, that guy is fucking ridiculous. And if you had re- demonstrated to them what cold reading was, you know what would have happened? Uh, they just would have thought I was psychic. Exactly. Yeah, no, and that's that's part of the problem, right? It was just one of those situations where I hoped I could just leave a, leave a nugget. Con artists are extremely good social psychologists, and and psychic and psychics fall into that. They're so good at reading people uh, when you you know they they can they can start talking to you and they they and they can. They can know what's going to trigger you, just like a con man does. A con man wants to get something out of you, and so he can he can lead you down a path where he gets that from you. Now, Mac, one of the things that you had brought up is a, is a con from the book um, American Gods. Right, and I think that's the Dropbox scam. Yeah, I remember yeah. that. So this is something that that Frank uh, Abagnow actually did. You have to get a uniform, right, and, you know, the security guard's uniform for, for whatever um, – whatever outfit it is that you're trying to impersonate at the Dropbox, uh, is, I think it's like a night drop. Uh, no, if you look at the video, he's doing it in broad daylight. I just, okay. um, I don't well, know. I, th- I think it's after hours drops. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, uh, you put an out, out of order sign on the box and you stand there and you look official and you, you know, when people come up, you tell them, oh, I'm sorry that the box is out of order. I um, I can take your money and put it in the secure box and, and I can write your receipt. And everything, yeah. Yep, exactly. And so 
The Real Hustle did this. The first time they did it was season two, episode two. And they actually talked to Frank uh, Avignal afterwards uh, uh, about it. Um, and they were they were successful in getting money. You know, they, they stood out there. And, and of course, those guys are, 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 were already pretty good hustlers. And so, they you know, they're able to talk people into it. Um, well, they another, also talked about how um, they utilized an uh, extra person to come in and trust him. So this is right. So this is something that you see quite often with like even like the three card Monty scams and stuff like that. What they did not talk about in this is that when they talked to Frank Frank Abagnale, he convinced them to allow him to be a neutral party and count the money that they'd taken in, (laughs) and they never saw him again. Fortunately, that's that, that, yeah, exactly. That's not true. No, but um, the one the link that I put in here is from a later season where they actually got an actor who um, a TV personality to come and do it, and he was successful at doing it too. So it, not quite as successful as they did in in one of the earlier seasons, but it, they were able they were able to pull off the scam. Yeah, twice. and I remember in the in American Gods, they used the character who looked older and more more vulnerable to be the one on duty so that he evoked an element of sympathy also that he was out in the snow doing this i heard a story at some point about um a guy who pretended to be a security guard for a certain location um just like a a a company parking lot and he'd worked there for years and then just one day packed up and left like i think he worked there for decades and he was they they, yeah and they they looked to a place him and they're like we we never employed a person to take your money and uh for parking yeah he lot. was he was a parking lot attendant <laughs> oh my god yeah. <laughs> they didn't hire yeah that's yeah. another scam that they do in the real hustle they do the same wow. they say they do that scam in the real hustle too they utilize that um that same trick a lot of times i think again is to have somebody else come and park and pay well that person did it so it must be okay and you know there you go it's easier to get people to follow the herd. Right, exactly. And I think that that's a scam that I, I could fall for. A parking lot? I, I don't know if you're supposed to pay or not. How would I know? Oh, me too. I'm not downtown very much. I would totally fall for that. Yeah. Although well, nowadays they employ you, machines rather than right, actual exactly. people. Yeah, that's that. true. Yeah. If, if hey, but, you see somebody paying for parking, if you see somebody out there who's collecting money for parking, you assume that you have to pay for parking. Well, but that's, here's the thing: is that you, couldn't you do the same thing? You put an out of order sign on on the on the automatic machine. And say, the kiosk. Oh, it's, it's not at the kiosk. You say, "Oh, it's not working today. I'm collecting the fees." Totally. And on a Broncos game day? Are you kidding me? Oh yeah. God! Well, that's <laughs> I, and here's a time when I, if people are getting scammed, they might not know it. Yeah, absolutely not. Because you pay cash often too, right? You're like, "Oh, here's my yep. ten bucks for parking or whatever." Yeah. Right. So, so you know that people are coming. You choose a parking lot. You cover up this. You cover up the sign. You collect all the fees as everybody's coming in to park. Right. You, then you take the money. You take off the out of order sign, and then the parking lot attendant comes around, gives everybody in the parking lot a ticket, and, and sure, they or marks tires or whatever. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. There's one I could definitely fall for. I'm thinking about how to pay for kids' college doing that. <laughs> 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 Let's see. I ride my All bike right. downtown, and then. <laughs> All right, we're gonna have the police keep a watch on you there. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. The NSA is listening right now, huh? Because we have dumbass on. Yeah. Dang That's it. Right. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I think even even for regular Skype calls within the United States, it probably goes through a Canadian server somewhere. So you're. Oh, so there we're screwed. True. Yeah. But yeah. but let's let's be fair. It, the NSA turns us off after the um after we talk about the you know the masturbation anyway. Sure. <laughs> Are you kidding me? In the words of Patton Oswalt, if there is a mic in my car, it is never getting removed. I am the CIA Christmas party ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, jury duty scam. So people calling people up later and telling them that they missed jury duty. Holy shit. I would totally fall for that. I would freak the fuck out. Exactly. But then you have to right. go to the whatever your county office. Right, you you well, That's yeah. That's it falls apart. You should verify it. You and I both know that you should verify it. But it, but if somebody sounded official enough, you might you'd flip. I I, oh, I mean, be like, totally would. Yeah, exactly. Well, it, it's it works on the same principle as that as that dumb FBI money pack virus that goes on the computer. Um, it, it, you're 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 very easy to convince that you've done something wrong, and well, because you're easy Mac, to convince. Hmm? To be fair, Mac, it doesn't go on my computer. Yeah, I know, but it, it's, your people are easy convinced that they've done something wrong because most often they have. Exactly. Right. Because they've exactly. done something wrong, they just know that they've just gotten caught for it. Well, and we know that if you're being interrogated by a policeman, that you've done something wrong because they don't interrogate innocent people. Yeah. I saw something which I need to find and post for maybe next time, but it said that it takes a minimum of like three hours to convince somebody of a, that they've committed a non-existent crime. Three hours. Yeah. That, that you should find that. But a lot of this comes down to overconfidence, you know, I, and we see it with the police departments. The police don't, don't interrogate innocent people, right? That's That's, that is victim. They, they have become victim of their own overconfidence. And, and we saw in this book, um, that, that, so the confidence game is the name of the book. It's filled with with um, people who felt overconfident and get scammed. And the other thing is that these con artists love somebody who they if they can find somebody who's who's already fallen for a scam, you're much more likely to fall for another one if you fell for the first one. It's a cycle. You just get deeper and deeper. Wow. Yeah. It's I don't know. I'm loving the book. I and I'm and I'm barely I barely I'm barely what uh, a couple hours into it. It's fantastic. Highly recommend it, and it's and it scares the hell out of me, you know, because yep. I because I feel like I'm a smart person, but uh, but I I'm you know as you read this stuff and as you look at cons and you look at these, you'd be stupid to think I can't get conned, but yet you feel invincible still. Sure. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how you get rid of that feeling. Yeah, it's pride. You think you're too smart to be conned. I think yeah, but I I know logically I know I'm not. You know how you get rid of pride? Uh, get conned a few times? Nope. Oh. See me after your first divorce. <laughs> and uh, Kidding. You know, I'm still with my first wife. I know you are. Um, you, you still uh, refer to her as your first wife. Well, I'm glad you got divorced that. yet. Yeah, exactly. Fine. Exactly. Don't just don't prevent present her with a with a bronze a bronze asshole or you know she'll wonder about the other two people on the podium. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, it's time for us to disappear. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Yeah. Uh, 
it's that's another one in the chocolate can. Younger Skeptics Podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons share alike, no derivatives, 3.5 license. Intro music by Peter Cannell. Find more of Peter's music at soundcloud.com forward slash P-K-A-N-O-L. Artwork for the Amateur Skeptics by Sean Smith Ford. Copyright Shadow Knight Digital Portraiture. Slut.